following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. Welcome to the Alien Invasion, number 253, recorded on Thursday, December 13th, 2018. I'm Dave Nelson, along with Mr. Brad Ludwig. Hello, Brad. Hello. On this very special episode, we discuss the recent CWDC crossover event, Elseworlds. Elseworlds Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3, and up here in Canada... We had to wait till Tuesday because The Flash, which was number one, didn't become available on Netflix until Tuesday. By that time, parts two and three were aired. So, But it was cool because we got to watch it all in one night, like a big movie. What was your uh, watching experience? You probably watched it on the CW app, right? Yes. Or website? So, I mean, there was a day uh, delay, but uh, I just actually, before... We're recording this. I just watched the Supergirl episode. Okay. Which I thought in the whole scheme of things, I thought the Supergirl episode was probably the weakest of the three. Um, even though it did have the big reveal at the end, I thought it didn't it wasn't as interesting as the first couple. But let's we'll get into that later. All right. I wanna just clarify some people out there may be thinking, oh, wait a second, Dave. There's no aliens. This is not alien related. Au contraire. Au oh, contraire. <laughs> There's a few aliens. Clark, Kara, yep. the monitor. He's the alien, monitor. right? Correct. And then there was John Jones also in it. Correct. As Martian Manhunter. So And Brainiac Five was in it. Is he considered he, an alien? He is an alien. He's a Kaluan. Okay. All right. So, first episode, we start with uh, the scene that they've been showing for the past week at the end of all the all the shows. It's uh, on Earth 90, and you see all these dead bodies. I, I want to double-check something real quick, because I have a suspicion that he did his version of the show. We're talking Let's... John Wesley Ships or Wesley John Wesley Ship. Ship, okay. And it's called uh, yep, here it is, Earth 90. Okay. Uh his version of the Flash TV show debuted in 1990. Oh, I see what they did there. They're clever mm-hmm. those guys. It's just like uh Kara's Earth 38, 1938 is when uh, Superman first debuted in Neat. comic book form. Cool. Okay. So uh, it begins on Earth 90, and they're kind of panning over this this charred landscape. You could tell there was a battle that went on and all these dead bodies, and you see people that we kind of know, like uh, I believe Captain Cold is lying there. Mm-hmm. The Green Arrow from the Smallville universe is lying there. 
You can yes. tell by the, what he was wearing and some other uh, DC characters. And then you see the Flash version that is played by John Wesley Ship. And he's in his original, well, they re, re, they remade it, but it's his original costume from the 1990s show. And he's playing the Flash. He's not playing Jay Garrick no. or Barry's father. He's playing a version of the Flash. What this does is it puts that show into canon. Okay. So the, the 90s show existed, but on a different Earth. You want to explain what happens next? Yeah. So at the point where we're led to believe that Earth 90 is uh, about to be basically destroyed, that Flash runs off. Then we roll into the Earth that we know of. We start out, and it's Oliver in Barry and Iris's apartment. He's waking up, and he hears Iris's voice calling <laughs> for Barry, and he stumbles <laughs> out, and he's like, what the hell's going on here? And it turns out that... Oliver, Queen, in that universe, they think he's Barry. Then we flash over to Barry Allen, who wakes up kind of in the middle of some kind of sparring with Diggle, and it turns out that he is the Green Arrow. He is Oliver Queen. Yeah, basically they've swapped lives. Yeah. And and I say that very specifically that they swapped lives because you get to see for a brief moment uh, Barry's fighting Diggle, and uh, he beats Diggle, <laughs> which he's very surprised of. Uh, but he looks and he's like, oh, man, I've got got serious abs. And you see that he's got the scars that Ollie has mm-hmm. on his body. So, I mean, they've literally swapped lives. I think I missed something. There was the scene with Dr. Deegan and the monitor. The monitor mm-hmm. gives him the Book of Destiny, right? The Book of Destiny. Mm -hmm. And uh, he creates this alternate universe where Barry Allen is Oliver and vice versa. And we should also explain that the Monitor was going from universe to universe, kind of testing each universe to see how they could handle this book, right? Correct. Okay. The next thing that happens is Oliver goes to Star Labs... And he tries to figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, Oliver and Barry, they finally meet up and they decide that they have to go to Kara's Earth to get some help in figuring this whole thing out. Because they figure that the people on their Earth think that they're each other, but maybe if they go to a different Earth... They would not have been affected by yes. the chicanery. Yes, thank you. Uh, on Earth One, so they go. They get that the wormhole manipulator thing, and they they travel to Earth Thirty Eight. And uh, before they do, though, we we flash to Earth Thirty Eight with what music, Brad? Oh, the music from Smallville. Yeah, and they actually were at the house and the farm that was. The original Smallville. Yeah. The Kent the Kent Farm. It was kind of a nod to to Smallville and those in those characters in, in that in that universe. So Yes. Uh they get the help from uh Kara and Superman. They go back to Earth One, right? And we're introduced to Lois Lane. Oh yeah, that's right. Lois Lane. And we find out that uh at the end that she's pregnant, right? 
we were getting ahead of ourselves, okay. but yes. <laughs> and then Cisco arrives. This is before they go back. Cisco arrives and goes, hey, man, we need your help because there's this robot thingy uh, called Amazo, and he's kind of wreaking havoc. So all you guys come back to Earth-1 because we need to defeat Amazo. And suffice to say, they did. And that was pretty much the end of episode one, the, the Flash episode. Now, yes. um, at the end of that, they travel to Gotham City. Yes. Because that's where they find out that Deegan is there. So that's why the, that's the yep. reason why they go to Gotham City. That he, he is a psychiatrist or a doctor at Arkham Asylum. Yep. And there they meet a woman named Kate Kane, who it turns out to be the cousin of Bruce Wayne. And and Batwoman. Batwoman, yes. I think that she was well cast. I think she did a great job mm -hmm. uh, as Kate Kane. And um, her portrayal as Kate Kane, she came across as being very tough, uh, just like she is in the comics. And that costume that she wears is so close to the comic book version that it's ridiculous. The red hair on the costume was not real. Is her hair really long and red in the comics, or is it part no. of the costume, too? That is part of the costume. Okay. Well, that's neat. That's a neat disguise. No, Kate Kate Kane in the Batwoman comic books is a short-haired, rich badass who doesn't act like she's rich. You know, she—well, no, I take that back. She she comes across as a socialite, but she acts like Bruce Wayne, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm -hmm. Not in the exact same manner of trappings that Bruce Wayne has. And she just has money. She doesn't really have a job, per se. She just has money. Mm -hmm. And we find out from her that— Bruce, a.k.a. Batman, has been away from Gotham City for a long time. For about three years. Yep. The one thing that we don't really know is, I think it was last season they mentioned Gotham City. And they mentioned Only Bruce Wayne. Briefly. Yeah. And they mentioned, yes, and they mentioned Bruce Wayne. But we don't know if that's a partial rewrite of the timeline. What do you mean when you say that? Well, they've not really talked about Batman at all in any of the shows. Oh, obviously yeah. because yeah. it's a Fox show. So they couldn't really do anything with Batman. They can mention little things about Gotham City. They can use the name, but they couldn't really do anything with the Batman. Mm -hmm. So with them just mentioning Bruce Wayne and Gotham City last season and now we know that he's been gone for three years. My question was, was that a timeline rewrite? Okay. Because at the end of this thing, Batwoman still exists and yeah. calls Oliver. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And uh, they do mention the bat. They think the Batman is a legend or. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> And and Oliver gets all offended because he thinks that he's the original vigilante. Yes. It's one of those things where the Batman is considered a legend. It, it treated kind of like Bigfoot. Ollie doesn't believe in him, and Barry does. And then we get confirmation that, yeah, 
he did exist. Okay. He was real. So, so okay, they get they get to Gotham City, they they meet Kate Kane, and then what happens? They get next? bailed out of jail by Kate Kane. That's right. Well they meet her first and then they get arrested, then she bails them out. Yes. Okay. No, 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 wait a second. <laughs> No, you got that backwards. Yep. I was going to let it go, but no. Okay. <laughs> so um, what happens next after they get bailed out? Then she takes them to Wayne Tower, and they have a little discussion of why are you in my city? <laughs> what the heck's going on? And they kind of explain a little bit of the situation and also the red skies and the lightning storm actually leaves Central City and heads to Gotham. It's following Barry and Oliver. Yep, because they're the ones that were affected by Dr. Destiny and the Book of Destiny. Correct. Okay. And I think that that's what Barry Allen from Earth-90 was kind of honing, homing in on. Mm-hmm. And thankfully we had Cisco. Mr. Terrific and uh, Felicity are all geniuses, and they basically create a beacon that can facilitate the Einstein-Rosen bridge, and they just really get uber-tech. It was like Doctor Who showed up for a brief second and hit us with all this Star Trekian techno babble. Did they reverse the polarity on anything? Yeah. <laughs> they reversed the flow of the dilithium crystal chamber through the Jeffries tubes and um, cause a re reaction in the quantum flux capacitor, whatever. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So uh, at that point, a a breach like Cisco opens, just opens up, and Barry Allen from Earth-90 shows up, and he's wearing this costume. And, of course, it's John Wesley's ship. So now they're playing the guessing game. Are you my dad? You know, are you Jay Garrick? Are you? He's like, no, I'm Barry Allen from my Earth. And then he turns and looks at John Diggle and goes, John, why aren't you wearing your ring? I just went, ah, <laughs> at that point, because John Stewart is a Green Lantern. And I, they kind of been throwing around having a Green Lantern show up at some point. And it wasn't Berlanti. It was um, Guggenheim mentioned that yeah that that's a tease and something might be happening with that in the future so that's very cool and then he goes oh well in this earth yeah i guess you don't have your ring <laughs> <laughs> so his his name must be john stewart on his in his universe yes that is that is my guess hmm. it's probably going to be like john diggle stewart or something like that <laughs> Let's wrap up exactly what happened in short spurts here. What happened next? They pull through the flash and he goes, you need to get, or he doesn't come all the, he doesn't come all the way through the first time. And he mentions the book. And basically the rest of the crossover is them trying to get the book away from Dr. Destiny Deegan, right? Yep. Dr. Deegan. Yep. And, and Deegan gets, a second chance to rewrite, and that's when Oliver and Barry become the Trigger Twins. Yes. They're in Gotham City, right? Or is... They're in Central City. Or Central City, excuse me. But it's been kind of 
it's a mishmash now of national city. Basically what, because now we're in the Supergirl portion, the third part of this. And what we find out in the first few seconds is, uh, or in, in the completely revamped intro to Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Deegan has been given the second chance with this book and been told to think bigger. So he makes himself Superman because he gets to experience him for a short period of time. But he ends up going back to Earth 38 because they say that Superman and Supergirl shouldn't be away from their universe uh, together for too long. So he goes back to keep an eye on things. Mm -hmm. With Kara there and him rewriting things, he gets things kind of mucked up. And so uh, even though we're on Earth 1, we've got Jimmy Olsen here. We've got... <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> we've got uh, Alex Danvers there. We've got everything's just kind of been pulled together in a weird way. And the Trigger Twins actually are a legit DC Comics villain group. Yeah, I was going to say they sound they sound very much <laughs> like a DC, like one of the rogues or a, two of the rogues or, you know, a rogue type character. I can't remember whose villain they are, but... Uh, they're lower tier, like D string. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so he now has the black outfit. Barry and Oliver are the bad guys, and they have to figure out without powers because they've had their powers stripped from them completely. Uh, and not that Ollie has powers, but because Jimmy Olsen kicked his butt. Mm -hmm. He lost some of his skills. Yeah, he has the 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 memories of of who he was, but he doesn't have the the skills that he had. Just like what happened to Barry Allen when Barry became Oliver, he kind of got Oliver's skills. Yeah, it's like he got his muscle memory and and everything that kind of came with his abilities as an archer. Yep. Ali says, hey, uh, where do bad guys from Central City go? And they go to a place and they run into Gary, who is the only <laughs> appearance of somebody from Legends of Tomorrow yep. that we get. And he's the bartender at this dive <laughs> dive bar for villains that we've kind of been introduced to in The Flash. And uh, Cisco Ramon is a crime lord. He was so great at that. Like, he plays yeah. really good evil characters. Like, he's done it before. The version of him on Earth 2 was very evil. Yes. So, Cisco doesn't want anything... I'm sorry, Mr. Ramon doesn't want anything to do with these two knuckleheads, and he has Jimmy Olsen take him out. <laughs> Knock him down a peg or two, and... Ali, thinking fast, says, hey, we've got a business proposition for you, and it deals with getting rid of Superman, which piques his interest. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how we get that. And he, they convince him as a part of this plan to jump over to Earth-38 because Cisco has his powers. He doesn't like to use them, though, right? He doesn't, no, he does not or like no, to use No, them. he doesn't like to use them if it doesn't involve crime fighting. like Or not crime fighting, but... Uh, but crime. Yeah. And they end up at the Fortress of Solitude <laughs> on Earth-38. And uh, he sees Superman, the real Superman, and says, boy, you don't look anything like him, which... Haha. -ha. 
uh, is a joke. And they uh, grab Superman and Lois Lane and jump over to Earth-1, where they go to uh, help the team. Uh, at this point, Kara's been thrown in the pipeline. She's been kind of depowered and thrown in the pipeline. So, uh, And Alex Danvers is working at Star Labs, which is where she's being held, and she works for Superman. That's his headquarters. Evil his Star- Superman. Yeah, yes. evil, evil Superman's headquarters or lair is at Star Labs. Yes. And as as Kara does, she kind of turns it around and uh, has a conversation with uh, her, well, her supposed to be her sister and gets her to realize that uh, she's not, She's she wants to genuinely help and fix things. And uh, Alex Danvers of this world uh, falls for it mm-hmm. because she knows things that only somebody who would be really close to her would know things that she hasn't told anybody like uh, like she's a lesbian because um, uh, her and Killer Frost have a conversation about, oh, you know, that guy, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> nobody nobody realizes she hasn't come out to anybody Yeah. Um, uh, in this timeline or whatever you want to call it in this rewrite of the universe. That's like her her secret in her heart of hearts that, you know, she wants to, you know, find a wife and have kids and, you know, live the dream, you mm-hmm. know, be able to work and love and have a family. And that's not anything that she's told anybody. So, boom, she gets out. They connect. They connect and she releases her. Yep. And uh, wackiness ensues once more. There's a huge fight between the Supermans, and we find out that the real Superman, or the real Superman that we know of, is his biz- the Bizarro of Doctor Deegan's version. Yeah, so they fight for a while, and he beats the crap out of real Superman, and Kara has to kind of step in and and help out and save her cousin. Mm-hmm. So, at what point do they get the book back and? Uh, re reset the universe. Basically, everybody kind of splits up, and it's Barry and Kara and Alex, and they are, are you know they ask where would he keep something truly valuable, and and Alex says oh in the in his fortress of solitude, and you find out it's the time vault, it's the original room that uh, the re- the reverse Flash the, from the first season uh, had his little hideaway mm-hmm. essentially where he kept his secrets and that's been repurposed. So they get a hold of the, the book and that's where it's stored. And at that point, Kara opens the book and she's like, I can't figure this out, but it's been alluded to earlier that Clark has seen magic books like this in the past. And she's fairly certain that he can operate it and, and set things right, which uh, essentially he starts to do. And then they 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 slow the earth down, right? <laughs> they they So the plan is that Superman, real Superman starts to fix things, only gets it partially fixed and Dr. Deegan Superman recovers, grabs the book and starts to try to think bigger again and re-reset the universe uh, so that he can win. And 
the plan is a kind of a, a callback to the Su- first Superman movie, the yeah. original Superman movie, Yeah. which as soon as I heard them say, well, you know, we just need to, to, to fly really fast around the earth and, and slow down time. And it's like, we all know that that's not how it works from the flash. <laughs> that's been made abundantly clear. Yeah. But the only thing that makes sense to me is that's how, uh, it's a, it's it's a tip of the hat, and what really kind of seals the deal for me is that Lois Lane almost gets killed. Which I mean, she essentially the thing that uh, tips um, Christopher Reeves' Superman over the edge is Lois Lane dies. She gets buried alive in in the car uh, during that earthquake. So I think that's that solidifies why it's a nod. And I was telling Anessa, she's like, that doesn't even work. And I'm like, what they said eventually is that it wasn't that he slowed down time of the earth. It's he went back in time. Mm, Okay. We, we are shown something that looks like the earth is slowing down and reversing, but that's Superman traveling himself back in time. Mm, Okay. Change the earth's flow of time or whatever. Okay. And everything goes back to normal, right? After that, yeah. Superman says that if you if you go if you do this time wonky thing, you'll die. He saw that in the book when he had it open. He was trying to set everything right because the book it allows you to change and rewrite destiny and the rules of the universe. And as the book was ripped out of his hands, he saw that that was how Kara and Barry die they basically burn themselves up reset or going basically turning back time. Mm-hmm. And Ollie says, okay, well you guys do that. I'm going to go do a thing. I'll be back. <laughs> Superman's like, what? He's like, you get the book. I'll do, I'll take care of something else. And Barry goes to talk to the monitor because they, he's got like a side dimension and door one, a of some apart, apartment building that they had oh, yeah. stumbled across him before. That's right, yeah. At a certain point, which we we didn't talk about because it, at that point, it's just like they're having a goofy conversation, but now things are a little bit more clear. Ollie storms the door, knocks it open, and ends up in the other dimension, and he's like, here's the thing. You've told us it's a test. We're, we're doing something to fix it, but in the process, you know, two people that who are really awesome are going to die. And, you know, you, you told me that I need to figure out who I truly am. And, and here you go. I'm a horrible human being, but those two people make the world better. They shouldn't die. And we're kind of left with the thought that Ali made a deal. And we're going to find out what that is next year because they tease Crisis on Infinite Earths for 2019. Yeah, I think I think I know what's going to happen. It's going to be his way out of the Arrow. I think that I think next season is going to be the last season of the Arrow. I listened to a podcast that, and I only stumbled across it because I saw that Stephen Amell was on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast that he does. So it was like Lex Luthor and Oliver Queen meet. I didn't like, know that oh, he did a podcast. That's yeah, interesting. he does. It's very interesting. 
it, it feels like what if Mark Maron was more Hollywood than than Mark Maron actually is. Okay. <laughs> Um, and Michael Rosenbaum is a very interesting guy, but he's really trying to go for Mark Maron's talking honestly, openly, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of what it is. And in the course of, to get to my point, in the course <laughs> of the conversation, he's like, I'm getting older. <laughs> it's harder to keep this shape and it's, you know, it's a demanding schedule, so on and so forth. And it really, without him saying it, it sounded like he's getting to the end. Yeah. Well, it's, and this he, it's would the, be a good opportunity. But he also said the nice thing about the Green Arrow is other people have been the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. So he could step out and somebody else could take over as the Green Arrow. Yeah. I think I know what's going to happen. I think they're going to do Crisis next next fall. And instead of in the comics where Barry Allen is lost, well, gets erased, right? Pretty much mm. is what happens, or dies. He dies. Okay. He doesn't get erased. Okay. He dies. I think they're going to switch it up and have Oliver die instead of Barry. And I think that's the deal that he made with the monitor. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I probably Yeah, am. I don't. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see how they would. Because, you know. You know, because to do that mid-season, because essentially it's going to be because they're talking. They said the fall mm-hmm. in the fall of 2019. So either that's our opening salvo, <laughs> they do a wow. crossover, which I don't think that they'll do. So partway into uh, the first half of the season, they get rid of Oliver Queen, and I'm, I'm not. That would be really kind of gutsy to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we it's will. Their, it's their property. They can do whatever they want with it. And quite honestly, with Colton Hayes, you know, back in the series, that that's a distinct possibility. And he's a great actor. He's he a really is a good wonderful actor. actor. Yeah. I love Colton Hayes. Yeah. All right. So let's just quickly wrap it up here. Uh, they go back to Earth thirty-eight, and Clark and Lois reveal that they're expecting a baby. Spoiler alert from the very beginning of this podcast. <laughs> and they're they're returning to Argo City. Uh, the reason for that is because they've simulated the red sun. And somebody, I think it was Bradbury, wrote a story of how Clark Kent and Lois Lane couldn't do the deed because it would kill her. Mm-hmm. And they kind of allude to that a little bit here with, you know, hey, we were in Argo City and they'd been there for a while. And lo and behold, while they were there, stuff (laughs) happened. And now she's going to have a baby. And now they're going to Argo City because if the baby kicked and has, you know, Clark's super strength, which... (laughs) That'd be bad. I... They established in the new Supergirl that it was her time, you know, soaking up the the yellow sunlight that that's what charged her and gave her her abilities. A baby inside of a mother is not going to get the sunlight, so I'm not sure. I didn't quite get that, but I'm probably overthinking it. Yeah, you probably are. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. So Oliver, after that scene happens, Oliver is contacted by Kate who says Deegan, who's now in Arkham, has made a new friend, the Psycho Pirate. Yes. Who tells Deegan worlds will live, worlds will die, 
and the universe will never be the same. In the original Crisis on Infinite Earths series, Psycho Pirate was a character from another Earth who ends up kind of being drug around a little bit by the Anti-Monitor. And at the end of the whole series, he's one of very few people who remember that there were multiple Earths, that there were multiple universes. And it makes him a little bit more crazy than he was before. The Psycho Pirate's abilities are in the mask that he wears, you know, that gold mask that he had on his face. Yeah. That is a mask that he can cause other people to feel certain emotions that he wants them to feel. Okay. If he wants them to be happy, he can channel that through the mask and it makes people happy or uh, laugh or change their emotional states. And uh, yeah, so that's his ability is in that mask. And by the way, they portrayed Gotham City as crazy, like even crazier than Gotham City on the show Gotham. <laughs> oh, and another thing that we need to talk about very briefly is that we're introduced to Nora Freeze, who is played by Stephen Amell's wife. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And Nora Freeze is going to be one of the villains in the Batwoman TV show. Exciting. Very exciting. Yes. And that's probably going to premiere next fall, I think. I, I Most likely. Yeah. So all kinds of superhero TV goodness next year. Yes. All right, so I have a theory before we move on, and my theory is this, and tell me if you think this is correct as well. Next fall, when we do Crisis on Infinite Earths, Supergirl's Earth will be with Earth One after it's all done. Am I right? Do you think? Because that's what happens in the comic books, right? Yeah, it, it would be interesting... If they did it, they had they would have to go the full way, and they'd have to bring in Black Lightning, too. Yeah. That would be... Because Black Lightning has had nothing to do with any of the other CW shows. And not to say that it needs to, but, I mean, if you're going to do the thing, do the thing. Well, I don't think he... They've never said that he lives in a different universe than either Kara or Barry and uh, Oliver. He may be doing his thing, and they haven't really talked about it. That's all. I think that uh, I, I want to say I saw in an interview that is that he's just uh, he is in in a different universe. Okay, all right. He's on another Earth that they haven't found. Okay. So, but you know, quite honestly, I think that show doesn't necessarily need to. It stands well on its own, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure they really need to bring it in. So I'm not sure if they would really want to do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, people would welcome it with open arms, but it doesn't need, it doesn't need Barry Allen and Oliver to, to muck about with it. Muck about. Essentially. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's wrap this episode up with uh, Easter eggs. I found a pretty good article at gamespot.com. 25 Arrowverse Easter eggs that, uh, were in the crossover episodes. So the number one they have is, oh, Barry, what have you done this time? Yeah, <laughs> that was the first thing that uh, when Ali is waking up in Iris's bed, he's like, oh, crap. And then he, he 
he says it after he puts the suit on. Oh yeah, after he put yeah, yeah after the suit gets put on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. That's just a throwback to all the stupid things Barry has done in the past. Yes. Let's see. Number two is Ivo Labs, and this is the lab that houses Amazo. And uh, Professor Anthony Ivo is a mad scientist villain in the comics. And he's appeared in the Arrowverse in season two. He was an antagonist in Oliver's flashbacks. So he's been on before. So it's this. The interesting thing about Dr. Ivo is he is a Adam villain. Oh, okay. And um, they obviously completely rewrote that for the for the series. But yes, yeah, they pick and choose whatever they want to use on the show. Yeah, and you know, which is which is fine. It just occasionally it's like my wife not being my wife uh, not being as comic book savvy as me will sit and watch one of these DC shows, and she'll and I'll go, oh my gosh, or whatever, and make a noise, and she's like, what? And then we have to pause the episode, and then I kind of explain, you the, know, stuff. The Brad uh, Ludwig explainer. Yeah. And yeah, I try not to mansplain it at least. So I got that going for me. But uh, I have all these moments of, oh my God, they did that. And that's really cool. Okay. So number three is Ray Palmer's Nanites. Legends of Tomorrow were not in the crossover, but they dench in Ray Palmer because they use his Nanites. <laughs> yeah. I. And I said that Gary was the one nod. No, you're right. This was the other nod to the Legends of Tomorrow. Refresh my memory. What did they use the nanites for? I forget. To uh, knock out Barry. Okay. When they knocked, they could knock out Ollie with gas, but because Barry can, Barry could consume all the alcohol on the planet and not get drunk. So in order to create something to knock out Barry, they have nanites essentially that they can use to kind of shut him down. That's right. They knocked him out and put him in the pipeline. That's right. Yep. Okay. Correct. Uh, We already talked about the Smallville moment when they went to Earth 38. They played the Somebody Save Me, um, the Remy Zero song. That was cool to hear. It came out of nowhere. I didn't, I wasn't expecting it. It was neat. The Krypton shout outs. What's this one? Uh, they were talking about uh, taking that time uh, on Argo City. They mentioned that another portion uh, of Krypton had been basically saved uh, in a part of that hunk of Argo that exists. Okay, and that's they, that's where um, that's that's the same place that Kara and um, Kara and who was it? What his or her old uh, love interest, the uh, the Daxam- Mon Monel. Yeah, they, that's where they went because they, yes, they correct. discovered it, and they took um, the Martian Manhunter's car <laughs> to it. Remember that? Yep. They, mm-hmm. His car, which is a spaceship, which is awesome. A shape shifting spaceship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a pretty cool car too. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, one of my favorite parts was when Barry had the arrows and Oliver. They were they basically repeated or reenacted the scene from the first season of The Flash, where Oliver was teaching Barry like um, 
Superhero stuff. Yeah, superhero stuff, using the arrows, and he got shot with the arrows, and that's what Barry did to Oliver and took a picture with his phone. Yes. And it was kind of interesting to, for that brief moment, I went, ah, that's kind of funny. And then Ollie's like, you did that just for revenge? I did it to teach you a lesson. Yeah, he got pissed. <laughs> he got very angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to skip over Amazo because we already talked about it. Well, the, the only thing about Amazo that I thought was interesting is they mentioned that it's uh, it uses uh, Mur- Mirakuru Mist to kind of facilitate the copying of powers, which I thought was another callback to third season of uh, Arrow. Okay. Uh, you have failed the city. It's said twice. It's said by Oliver when he's Barry, and Cisco's like, hey, buddy, I think you're saying that's not your line. And then Barry, when he goes full-on Arrow, Green Arrow, yeah. He says yep. he says the line after he mm-hmm. kills Amazo, or right before yes. he kills him. Deadshot, Deadshot, or no, Slapshot. <laughs> What's Deathstroke? Death there st- is a Deadshot in the DC universe. I know. I'm like, yeah. I I know that's not right, but that sounds familiar. I, familiar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they there's a lot of dead and death in yeah. in some of these character names sometimes. But uh, Slade Wilson. No, that was Joe Wilson, son of Slade Wilson, that was yes. that was back as uh, as Deadshot. No, What's Deathstroke. Deathstroke. <laughs> okay. Let's see the best Wi-Fi password. <laughs> that was the, a nice aside. It's the easiest. Uh, oh, by the way, the Wi-Fi password is Alfred. Oh, that's right. At the Wayne Tower. <laughs> um. William Shakespeare bust looks familiar. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, Adam West. Yeah. In his mansion in the 1966 Batman series, he would pull it back to access the Batcave, right? Yep. They'd flip up Shakespeare's head and push the red button underneath, and it would slide back the bookcase so that they could go down the bat poles into the Batcave. That's right. Yeah, there was all kinds of stuff in Kate's office that. Looked like it should have been in the Batcave. I think she took some of Batman stuff. Yes, borrowed, absolutely. Borrowed it. Uh, let's see. Batman's greatest foes are locked up. <laughs> Arkham Asylum, typically uh, a who's who of villains. Elseworlds is no different. Spotted on cell doors throughout the asylum are names like Cobblepot, Nigma, and a couple other ones that I'm not familiar with. Oh, uh, Penguin, Penguin, the Riddler, Clayface, and Poison Ivy. Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. The Scarecrow's fear gas pops up. That was cool. That was very cool. And uh, Bane's mask is seen. Bane's mask from the movie, which oh, I really? was hilarious. Okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. I don't, I don't remember seeing that. Well, no, I, I take that back. In in the movie, we just got the face, you know, like the the part that covers the face. This covers, but it's sh- it's shaped like that here, mm-hmm. but it adds like the eye bits. So it's like a, a cross between the comics version and the movie version that we're seeing here. Because in the co- in the original comics version, it's he's wearing a luchador mask. What's that? For all intents and, like a, a Mexican wrestling. It's like WWE, but in Mexico. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Nora Freeze, we already mentioned her. 
Yeah, who is the wife of uh, Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. World's Finest was mentioned. I thought that was a cool um, yeah. that they mentioned that. <laughs> I had to explain to my wife what that meant. And I think I ha- I got it half right. Do you want to explain it real quick before we move on? World's Finest? Sorry. Oh, uh, World's Finest was uh, a, a comic book series where it uh, it was a Batman-Superman comic series. Yep. So they, they teamed up together to... Uh, you know, have fantastical adventures and thwart crime. Okay, Superman's black suit, that's a throwback to um, kind of a reference or an homage to the black suit Superman in the comics. And that was just, why was he wearing a black suit in the comic books? That was when he uh, was resurrected. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was like his funer- funerary outfit Okay. that he was buried in. Okay. Uh, Gary, we already talked about him, Fortress of Solitude, and the solution from the original Superman movie. And then f- I will throw in one more uh, Easter egg that they don't mention here. Towards the end of this thing, when Superman and Lois Lane come back from Earth-38, she has a hammer with her. Okay. Did you, that that hammer that she strikes on the ground to kind of uh, temporarily blind Doctor Deegan Superman, and that is a in the comic book series All Star Superman. Superman in his Fortress of Solitude had an alien creature called a Sun Eater, and it was a baby Sun Eater, so it was very tiny. Basically, he would use these two items. And when he struck it together with the with the proper materials and whatnot, he'd make a small sun that he could feed to the sun eater creature, okay. His, okay. his pet. All right. So that's where that hammer comes from. Okay. Neat. Good eye. Good eye, Brad. Thanks. All right. So before we wrap things up, I want to ask you, Mr. Ludwig, if you would to compare this crossover to all the other ones they've done so far— how does it rate or how does it rank? I guess. Wow. That's a very good question. Um, we should actually review what the other crossovers were. So the very first one was flash versus the arrow. And that was season three of arrow and season one of the flash. Then the second crossover was flash and the arrow team up to take on Vandal Savage, who is looking for Kendra Saunders and Carter Hall, the reincarnations of Hawkgirl and Hawkman. And that was the first one with the legends involved in the crossover because we had the first crossover was just arrow and flash. The second one was arrow flash and legends. And then the one after that was the, well, then they had the, the flash Supergirl crossover, which was world's finest. That's right. Where they team up to take down Silver Banshee and Livewire. And that's when Supergirl moved to the CW. Mm-hmm. Then came the invasion. That was the alien invasion with the Dominators who came to Earth. And then they did a second crossover with Supergirl and the Flash. And that was the uh, the musical the mu- episode. The Music Meister? Yep. And then Earth X. And then Elseworlds. Okay. So it sounded like, it, it seems like beginning, early on, 
they did smaller, more frequent crossovers. Now they do one major event a year. That's what the yeah uh, the vibe I'm getting now. Okay, so of all those, how does this one rank? You know, I gotta say, one of my favorite crossovers was the Flash Supergirl, the world's finest. Uh, granted, it wasn't you know all of them, but it was the Flash Supergirl. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, let's see. I think my second favorite was Crisis on Earth X. Okay. Then I would say, gosh, Elseworlds was a little bit more seamless than Invasion. I think having four shows was a little bit too much for them. Really tough. Yeah. And I think that they they kind of acknowledged that by not having the legends be in it. And they're right when they said that, you know, the legends feels like an entirely different show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and especially with what they're doing now with their storyline with mm-hmm. uh, Hellblazer uh, with John Constantine. Sorry. Um, I, it wouldn't have fit at all. Yeah. And um, it felt like this one this year, it seemed like (laughs) one big movie as opposed to all the other crossovers previously. It seemed like, I I don't know, maybe it was because my wife and I watched all the episodes back to back, but it it still felt like one cohesive movie. Yeah, no, it it felt like it had a bit more of a rhythm. The The only real complaints that I had was Superman's a little too much. You know, if they could have found a way to not have Superman be in it, I think it would have it would have felt better mm-hmm. to me. I not that you know I I I enjoy the actor who who's portraying Clark Kent Superman. Uh, he does a great job, but at the you know at the end of the whole thing, he's like, well, you know, I'm going to hang up my cape for a while, and you know, we're essentially on Argo City, so I'm leaving the planet for a while. Um, everything's in your capable hands. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, I just mopped up a little bit and, uh, I'm out, you know, <laughs> and it just, yeah, it didn't seem like know. he put too much effort into it. Really. It wasn't so much that it was like, they, they put him in as a major part and then they try to downplay it. And it's like, either he is or he isn't. Yeah. And, and I really felt like they could have done that a little bit better yeah okay all right i think that's gonna do it uh, for this episode of the alien invasion we'll have the links to that article with all the easter eggs in the show notes you can check that out of course uh, we're always looking for your feedback as well aliens at gncasts.com you can let us know what you thought of the crossover episodes the else worlds and uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank a few people. Monkey Warhol for our intro music. The song is called Alien Syndrome. You can find it and all of his other music at monkeywarhol.bandcamp.com. Also to Retward von Dernberg, a composer from Germany, for our closing song called Be Water. Learn more about him and his music at thecaravel.net. And finally, thanks to Mr. Ben Olsen. Thanks, Ben. For doing our disclaimer audio at the very start of this episode. Go to benolson.com to find out what he's all about and what he does. Excellent. All right. Until next time, Brad, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon, okay? 
Sounds good. Bye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.